So if you have your Bibles with me, turn to the book of Genesis. Turn to Genesis chapter 15. A couple verses here real quick, and then we're going to switch over to the New Testament. Genesis chapter 15, starting in verse 13. Y'all ready? Genesis 15, starting in verse 13. It says, Then he said to Abram, Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and your descendants will serve them, and they will afflict them, listen to this, for 400 years. Catch this, it's important. It says they will afflict them for 400 years. Verse 14, and also the nation whom they serve, God says, I will judge them. Afterward, everybody say afterward. afterward. Nope, everybody say afterward. afterward. There you go, afterward, there's always an afterward. They shall come out with what? Great possessions. They're going through some things, guys. Something's going to happen. They're going through some things. Some things are going to happen. And here's what is. After this, the Bible says they are going to come out with great possessions. Amen? Now let's go over to the New Testament, guys. It's a verse in Acts chapter 1. I want to go down to verse 3. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. And this is very important. Acts 1, 3, it says, To whom he presented himself alive. Everybody say, he's alive. alive. Everybody say, he's alive. There we go. Y'all got to wake up this morning. The King James says he showed himself alive. Okay? Listen to this. He presented himself alive after. There it is again. Everybody say after. Okay. Okay. Follow me. He presented himself alive after his suffering. After his crucifixion. The Bible says by many infallible proofs. You know what that means? That you cannot deny it that it is infallible. That he showed himself alive. He presented himself alive, and there is nothing you can do to say it didn't happen. It's infallible proofs. Amen? Y'all follow me? Listen, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the, king, pertaining to the kingdom of God. I want to talk to you about this text right here in the book of Acts, and then I want to talk to you about this, this, this text in Genesis chapter 15, okay? Y'all good? Okay, because listen, it speaks to our lives today. Amen? Y'all got to wake up. It's raining. It's cloudy out there. Everybody's ready to go home, lay down, Netflix and chill. I get it. I'll have y'all out of here in a couple hours. Y'all got to wake up this morning. Okay? It's time to show yourself alive. It's time to show yourself alive. Amen? It's time to show yourself alive. Jesus, listen, after he was crucified, the Bible says he showed himself to be alive again. Amen? He showed himself to be alive again. In Genesis chapter 15, I want you to see this. We see the pattern from the Word of God. Can I tell you patterns in the Word of God help us understand the ways of God? Amen? Come on, somebody. you got to see this. Patterns in the Word of God help us understand the ways of God. If you want to understand the way God's moving today, I'm telling you, you got to understand me. Listen. If you want to understand the way that God's moving today, go back and look at the patterns in the scriptures because the Bible says God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Come on, y'all. If you want to see how he's going to move today and what he's going to do today, go back and read what he already did because he don't change. He don't change. Listen, the Bible says the things that were written before time were written for our learning. Amen? Y'all better read your Bible. The things that were written before time, listen, the Word of God shows us the patterns 
of the ways of God. Amen? In other words, this is what I'm trying to say is if you want to know what God's going to do now, just go back and look what he did in the past. Amen? Well, here's what he did in the past. Let me explain this to you, what he did in the past. He told Abraham in Genesis 15, he said, God said, he said, listen, he said, I'm going to give you a heads up right now, Abraham. Come on, y'all. I'm going to give you a heads up. I'm, I'm going to reveal something to you. He says, I'm going to give you a heads up of what's going to happen. He said, your seed, before, before Joseph's seed or anyone else was sent to Egypt, God tells him, he says, your seed is going to end up in Egypt in bondage, serving another people, and they're going to be there, and they're going to do it for 400 years. Are y'all following me this morning? He says, you're going to do it, and they're going to be there for 400 years. He says, but when they come out, they're going to come out with great possessions. They're going to come out different than the way they went in. Amen? He says, I'm going to keep them in bondage. They're going to be stuck there for 400 years, but they're coming out with great possessions. Come on, y'all. They're going to stay there. And then, listen to me, after 400 years, they're coming out, baby. And I'm telling you, they're coming out with way more than they had when they went in. Amen. That's what he's saying. They're coming out. God says, I'm going to load them down with everything that I have for them because I got a plan. God says, I've got a plan and it's on a time schedule. Amen. I've got a plan and it's on a time schedule. In other words, God said the time is already set. Do you hear me? He said the time is already set. He said that before you get into this, Abraham, he said your seed is going to go down there and they're going to be stuck in bondage. He said, but I've already set a time that when they're coming out. He said they're coming out of it. And I want you to understand this. God says I put a limit on your trouble in your life. Amen. God says, I put a limit on the trouble in your life. He says, I have already determined how far trouble is going to take you. You're not understanding what I'm saying. He says, I've already determined how far trouble is going to go in your life. He says, I've put an end to it. Amen. I've already determined it. And listen, it will not go a day longer or a moment longer than what God said. Amen. Listen, and if there's a beginning... There has to be an end. Are you following me? If there's a beginning, there has to be an end. The Bible said in the book of Job, and listen, he ought to know because he went through it. Didn't he? I tell you all the time, people's like, who do you want to be in the Bible? Nobody ever says Job. Nobody wants to, don't ever want to be Job, right? But he went through it. He sets an end to the darkness. God sets an end to the darkness. He said it has a beginning point and it has an ending point. Amen. Listen. God sets the limitations, not the world. God sets the limitations, not the president, not the government, not COVID, not our president. God sets the limitations, not our society, not our community. God sets the limitations. Amen. Listen. Evidently, God put a three-year limit on COVID. I almost died from it. Let me tell you something. God put a three-year limit on COVID. It's gone now. It's all but gone. Amen. We thought in 2020, we ain't never seen nothing like this before. But God, come on, somebody. God says it's going to end. We didn't know that he had it planned for 2023, though, did we? Right? It's all but gone. It's all but gone. There's an ending to your suffering. Right? There's a time, God says, when you're going to come out of these dark days. 
He said, there's a time when you're going to recover it all. There's a time when you're going to come out of this mess. God has already put a time limit on the trouble that you're going through. you got to get a hold of this. God has already put an expiration date on the pain that you're feeling. God has, I don't know what you're going through this morning, but I'm here to tell you right now, hang on, baby, because it's coming to an end. It's going to stop. Hang on. Listen, God says, I'm going to put an end to it. There's limitations on it. Amen. And he's setting patterns. In the Word of God, if you read the Word of God, he's setting patterns. Are y'all following me? Know that there's coming a day when it's going to end. Amen. And your job, and your job is when it starts happening, is to show yourself alive. That's your job. When it starts happening and you start coming out of this mess, your job is to show yourself alive. Amen? You are to show yourself alive. Jesus said in John 2, 19, he said, destroy this temple. And they thought he was talking about Herod's temple, but he wasn't. He was talking about his body. He knew he was on his way to the cross. He said, destroy this temple. Amen? And in three days, there it is again. There's a time limit. Come on, somebody. He said, destroy this temple, and then in three days, there's the time limit. There's a beginning. He says, it's going to be rough. There's a beginning. It's going to be rough. It's going to be, a, it's going to be a rough little period we're fixing to go through here. He says, I'm about to go through the crucifixion. They're about to nail my hands to the cross. They're about to whip my back. They're about to put the crown of thorns on my head. They're about to spit in my face. They're about to beat me up. I'm telling you, it's going to look bad. It's going to look like I'm defeated. It's going to look like I'm battered and beaten. Come on, y'all. They're going to put grave clothes on me. Woo! They're going to seal my tomb. But in three days, baby, come on. He says, I'm coming back to life. He said in three days. That's the time frame. That's the time frame. Destroy this temple. And in three days, listen. Destroy this temple. In three days, I will rise again. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. He's setting the pattern. Destroy this temple and in three days. Poor old Job thought it was over. Come on, y'all. Listen to me. Job did not have the benefit of reading the scriptures like we do. You ain't understanding me. He didn't have the benefit. He didn't know what the pattern was. Amen. He didn't have the benefit of reading the scriptures and saying, oh, yeah, in three days I'm going to be all right. I'm good. He didn't have the benefit of reading the, the scriptures, but God said, devil, listen, he said, I found me somebody down there that would trust me. Not just in the high times, he said, but I found me somebody down there that's going to trust me in the bad times too. Come on. And Satan said this. I want you to read it. You guys, read it. This is in your Bible. This is in your Bible. A conversation between Satan and God. This is in your Bible. And Satan said, you know, He's only serving you because you put a hedge of protection around him. He's only serving you, Job, because you blessed him so much. He's only serving you because you've given him everything. He's only serving you. His family's so blessed. He's got all those beautiful daughters up there and all the good things that are happening. The devil says, but you just let me touch him. You just let me touch him. Touch his health. Let me touch his wealth. Let me touch his family. Let me touch his marriage. Let me touch him. Let me touch him. Let me mess with him. Let me rip him to pieces. 
the devil said, let me hit him. He said, I don't want to just hit him once. He said, but I want to hit him again and again and again. He says, let me have him. Kind of, kind of sounds like last couple years, don't it? Huh? Just taking a beating. Come on, somebody. Just taking a beating. The last couple, couple years, man, the devil's just been, been hitting on us, ain't he? Oh, I'm just going to hit you again and again and again. He said, let me have him. Let me hit him. Let me, let me attack him. Let me have my way with him. And God said in Job 1.12, listen, God said in Job 1.12, he said, you can do whatever you want to with him. And I love this. I love this fact right here. Here's, a, here's the limit again. Come on, y'all. Are you following me? Here's the limit again. He says, you can do whatever you want to to him. Do whatever you want. Only do not touch him. Do not lay a hand on his person. You go ahead and do That's the limit. Come on, y'all. Are y'all following what I'm preaching to you this morning? He says, he says, only don't lay your hand on him. He said, don't destroy him. He said, I have not given you permission to destroy him. Because when I'm through with him, he says, after you've touched him, after you've hit him again and again and again, he says, when I'm through with him, he said, I'm going to raise him back up. Come on. He said, I'm going to raise him back up. I'm going to build him back up. And what did God do? What did God do? Look at Job 42.10. It says, indeed, the Lord, come on, gave Job twice as much as he had before. Your job is to stay alive. Come on, somebody. Your job is to stay alive and show yourself alive when you get to this point. Amen. You are to show yourself alive. You got to show yourself alive. Come on. Don't quit. Don't give up. Amen. Show yourself alive. Can I tell you that God sets limits on our trouble? You know that? God sets limits on our trouble. God sets expiration dates on our pain. He does. You know, he sets limits on what we would call bad luck, a bad season. God says, I'm even working in that. Amen. God says, I'm even working in the middle of your, your bad season. I'm thinking ahead. He said, I'm not through blessing you. I'm not through raising you up. I'm not through with you. Ain't you glad he ain't through with you yet? Amen. Ain't you glad that he ain't through with you yet? Ain't you glad that he that began a good work in you, huh? Come on, we'll complete it until the day of Jesus. Ain't you glad he ain't through with you yet? That he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the author and the finisher. Come on, ain't you glad? That he ain't through with you yet. Man, God sets time limits. God sets time limits. He set an expiration date when it's all going to be over. And can I tell you what? Our job is to make it to the expiration date and not give up in the middle. That's your job. Make it to the expiration date. Don't give up in the middle. There's an end to all this. Y'all believe what I'm preaching this morning? Yeah. Do y'all believe what I'm preaching this morning? These gloomy days that some of you are in right now are going to be over. The trouble that some of you have been in, the struggles that you've been going through, the pain, the grief, all of that. These days are coming to an end. Amen. God has put an end to it. You are going to see a breakthrough. And listen, we don't lose heart in the middle. We show ourselves alive. Amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Show yourself alive. That's what we do. 
Listen, Jesus was led to the wilderness for 40 days. It's got a time frame. It's got a time frame. He was led to the wilderness for 40 days. And for 40 days, three different occasions, Satan himself comes at him and hits him. Comes at him and hits him. Comes at him and hits him again. Satan's attacking him. Can you imagine? Can we just stop right there for a second? Satan himself. I've been attacked a few times in my life. I don't know if it was by Satan himself or not. It might have been. But Satan himself. Just think about that. 40 days. Satan come at him, hit him. Hit him. Hit him. And can I tell you when you understand that? And when you understand that it's not what you're going through. It's what you're going to come out with on the other side is what you've got to focus on. You understand that? That it's not what you're going through. It's what you're going to come out with on the other side is what you've got to focus on. Amen. Jesus went through the attacks. But Calvary was different. Come on. Jesus went through the attacks. Every other experience he went through, it was just an attack and it really didn't affect him a whole lot. But Calvary was different. Come on, y'all. Calvary was different. It scarred him. Calvary marred him. Calvary would make a memory that would never be the same again. Amen. And every single one of us guys, listen, have been scarred emotionally, physically, mentally, relationally. Some of you are going through things that you just feel like are taking a complete toll on your life. And it's not like other trials you've been through. It's not like other trials. The other trials you might have went through and, and they might have not really, you know, bothered you a whole lot and all this. But you know what? Jesus said this when he was, when he was hanging on the cross. Look at 23, uh, Luke 23, 46. Jesus said this. Listen, it's important. Listen. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Do you see that? Listen to this very, very carefully. When you are going through the crucifixion, be careful who touches your spirit. When you are going through hell, you be careful who touches your spirit. I'm here to tell you, he is the only one. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. You're the only safe place that I can put my spirit when I'm going through hell. Come on, y'all. I can't put my spirit in anybody else's hands but yours. When you're going through the crucifixion, listen, I love the fact that after he was crucified, look at Acts 1-3 says he showed himself alive. Do you see that? He showed himself alive. He said the number one thing that I've got to do, the number one thing, now that I've been through it, now that I've been scarred, now that I've been beat up, now that I've been marred up, the very first number one thing I got to do is show myself alive and let them know I made it, baby. I made it. I got to show myself alive. I want to show people that I made it. I want to show people that I'm still standing. Why? Because it's the pattern. It's the pattern that's in the Word of God. Come on, somebody. You got to understand this. Thank you for that arousing applause. I appreciate it. They're going to go through things they've never been through before. Things they never dreamed they would go through. And some things touch us. Listen, guys, some trials don't, don't even bother us. Some, some touch us and some don't even bother us. It's kind of like, like Daniel in the lion's den. He went through the trial. He was in the lion's den, but the lions never scratched him. The lions never bit him. The lions never tore him up. They never marred him. He went through the trial all the same, but it really didn't bother him. But this trial, but this trial of Calvary was different. 
I don't know what y'all are going through. But what I know is that trials are different. Maybe the trial you're going through right now might be a little bit different than what you was expecting. This one might have marked you. This one might have scarred you. This one might have hurt you. Amen? And I think most of us in here have been through something in these past weeks, months, past couple years. I get it. That just keep hitting you. Just keeps hitting you. Not one thing, but multiple things. You got And it just keeps hitting you and hitting you. And I heard the Lord say, it's time to show yourself alive. It's time to show yourself alive. God wants me to tell you that it's time to show yourself alive. It's not time for a pity party. It's not time to get bowed down in depression and discouragement. It's time to show yourself alive. Amen. It is time to show yourself alive. It's time to talk life. It's time to say, I'm going to come out of this alive. I'm going to get through this. You say, well, I don't feel worthy of praising him, Pastor. I've, I've done this. I've, I've backslidden. I've, I've fell off. I've, I've done here. I've, I've done all this. I've lost ground. I'm not worthy. Well, let me tell you something. It's time for you to recognize that there is an afterwards. Amen. It's time for you to recognize that there is an after this. Amen. There's an after this. After the test. After the struggle. After the trial, and you wouldn't be listening to me right now if you were totally gone. Huh? You wouldn't be sitting here listening to me right now if you were totally gone. Why are you in church? Huh? Amen. Why are you in church? I don't care how bad you fail. I don't care how bad you've fallen. I don't care how bad you've backslid. I don't care what you went back to. It's time. It is time right now. And if there's anything in you, if there's anything in you that's gravitating toward the cross, you better show yourself alive and you better fight for it because if you're gravitating toward the cross, come on, somebody. You better show yourself alive. I may be beat down. I may be beat up, but I am not destroyed. Come on, y'all. Give him a shout of praise. Listen. I refuse to preach anymore until you show yourself alive. Give him a shout of praise in here this morning. I'm not going another minute. Come on. I'm not going another minute. Come on. I didn't ask if you can shout in good times. I didn't ask if you can shout in good times. Give him some praise right now no matter what you're going through this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You still going to give God the glory and the praise in the middle of your mess? Hallelujah. You know when you start out something, I'm almost done. You know when you start out doing something and you start out, you start out with a, with a passion, with a desire. Do you understand that? We're going to fight this. Amen. You start stuff out and you, you, you go fight this. You got it. You gotta you you fight from a different perception and a and a position of strength. Y'all following me? You fight from a position, okay. Well, we're gonna get into this. Like you know, when you like I said, when you get into a fight and you're like, all right, let's get it. Right? It's kind of like what happened to Job. You know, the first messenger came, the second messenger came with bad news, the third messenger came. You got all these messengers that are coming and he felt like his world was falling apart, but he still held it together. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. He says the Lord gives. And he started off. 
He started off really good. He started off with the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, y'all. And that's a good way to start a trial. That's a good way to start a trial. If you sense that you're about to go through one, kick it off with a praise. Amen? Kick it off with getting back to worship. Kick it off with, that's a great way to go into a trial. Kick it off with praise. But then something happened. But then something happened. It's like you, you keep reading and you keep reading. Y'all need to read the book of Job. You keep reading and you keep reading. He starts off, he's strong. He's powerful. Then you find him over here in Job chapter 2. And then he's sitting on top of pottery that's been broken. Listen, the Bible says in Job 2.8 that he takes pieces of that pottery. He's sitting on broken pottery, potsherds. He's sitting on broken pottery and in ashes. And the, the ruins of... And he starts scraping the sores on his body. With the broken pottery, he's lost everything. And it's the only thing that will bring him relief. Is he scraping? It's the only thing. Listen, and he's got a piece of pottery and he's, he's scraping his arms, tore his clothes off, shaved his head. The Bible says he's sitting on top of ashes with a broken piece of pottery, which is a sermon in itself. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Because sometimes when you're going through a trial, the only thing that can bring you comfort is something that's already been broken. Amen. The only one who can really help you is someone who's been through something that broke them. The only one who can help you. That's a sermon in itself. I might preach this sermon one day. Come on, let me tell you something. The only thing that brings you comfort is something that has been broken itself. Amen. It's something about the fact that they've been through the brokenness too that brings comfort to you. Can I tell you, God will use your broken things. God will use your broken things. But then you keep reading and you keep reading and it goes on and it's like, it's like he's moving. He's moving. Job is, Job is moving. Listen to this. And he moves from this. Well, I'll worship. Um, I'll do this. I'm going you know, to kick this thing off. And then you move into Job chapter 10. Verse 1. Starts off saying, my soul loathes, I hate my life. I have bitterness in my soul. He started off, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. A few chapters later, he's ready to kill himself. We always start off real good, don't we? Huh? Said, I have bitterness in my soul. Then you move into chapter 23. Come on. Job 23, 8, he says this. He says, then I, as he's going, he says, I look for God. I can't find him. I look forward. He's not there. I go behind me. He's not there. He's, I'm looking everywhere. I can't find him. God's not there. He describes how he wishes he was never born. He's losing hope. And, he's losing, and it's just wearing him down. Can I tell you something right now? That's what the devil's trying to do. He's just trying to wear you out right now. The devil is a liar. And it is time for you to show yourself alive. The devil is a liar. And that's all he's trying to do is to get you to quit. Throw in the white flag. I'm done. The devil's a liar. You better show yourself alive. Come on. We're still going to praise him. We're still going to trust him. Amen. Come on, y'all. Our faith ain't got no less. Our faith has gotten even stronger and focused on what it needs to be focused on, and that's Jesus. Right? Something happens in verse 10. You get to Job chapter 23, and then something happens when he gets to verse 10. Verse 8, he says, I can't find God. I'm looking everywhere in front of him, behind him, after. And then he gets to verse 10, and what does he say? He says, but he knows the way I take. And when he has tried me, I will come out as gold. Amen. 
I will come forth as gold. See, something happened. Job said he's hit me. He's tried this. He's tried that. It didn't work. But there's always a reason to show yourself alive. He said, when I come through this trial, I'm going to come forth as gold. Amen. And then when he prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity and God blessed him with double he had before. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Come on. That's what he does. He will turn your captivity and he will give you twice as much as what you ever had before. Unbelievable. On October 1974, in Zaire, Africa, which is now known as Congo, Africa, today's Congo, George Foreman went against a young up-and-coming boxer by the name of Muhammad Ali. 60,000 people filled the stadium in the hot African heat, the rumble in the jungle. Y'all remember that? All you old kids, y'all too young. Y'all don't know nothing anyway, so y'all you youngins, youngins don't know nothing no more. One billion people watched by television. One billion people watched by television as George Foreman, the highly favored, huge muscle fighter who was a heavy favorite to win, would go in the ring with Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali was also known as the Louisville Lip. Come on, y'all. Y'all know who I'm talking about. He was known as the Louisville Lip because he was a trash talker. He was called the Louisville Lip because before the fight started, he would get into press conferences and he would say things like this. You think the world was shocked when Nixon resigned? Wait till I whip George Foreman's behind. <laughs> then he came up with a real famous line. Float like a butterfly. Sting like a bee. George, you can't hit what you can't see. And he was talking this and talking this. And talking this, and he's talking all this trash. So the big fights start. <laughs> and it's predicted it looks like George Foreman's just literally fixing to kill this dude. He annihilates him in the first round. Second round, he must have hurt Muhammad Ali. That's what everybody's thinking. He must have hurt Muhammad Ali because he's going back on the ropes. And he's on the ropes like this, and he's putting his gloves in front of his face to protect his face, and he's using his arms to protect the rest of his body. <laughs> Everybody's thinking that, boy, Muhammad Ali must have got hurt. And George Foreman, this massive man who's got arms, looks like hams are hanging off his shoulders. Have y'all ever seen a young picture? Sorry, you're a big dude, but... George looks like he's got hams hanging off his shoulders. They're like in a... Listen, <laughs> highly favored, beating the mess out of Muhammad Ali, just pounding away. Pounding away at him, pounding away at him. And every once in a while, Muhammad Ali would just reach up and grab George. And he would pull him into him. And he would say, George, they told me you could hit. It's a true story. It's a true story. And it would enrage George Foreman. And he would go even more, swinging harder and, and harder and swinging harder. And, he, and he's, he's coming at him. And, and in that humidity and in the heat. And it looked like Ali was staggering. But Muhammad Ali would later let everybody in on his strategy. <laughs> he said, I was planning it. 
Words of Muhammad Ali, he said, I was planning it. I was faking it. He said, I was leaning on them ropes. He said, it's what I called the rope-a-dope. He said, I was leaning on the ropes and George was the dope. That's what he said. He said, I'm leaning on the ropes and George was the dope. And he said, I knew if I could get him to hit me that he would wear himself out, that he would wear himself down, and then my moment will come. Listen, all you youngins are wondering what happened, ain't you? Huh? All us old heads know what happened, don't we? Huh? All us old heads know what happened. All you youngins, y'all don't know nothing anyway. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Listen, listen, it was going bad. It was going bad. They were actually talking when they were calling to fight. Howard Cosell, which y'all youngins don't know who that is either. No, talk that well, man. Too paid all this week. You know how Chris is. He was a critic of, uh, of Muhammad Ali sometimes. And when he was calling the fight, he was saying, It looks like George Foreman is fixing to kill him. That's what he said. Looks like he's going to kill him. <laughs> he said, I'm very concerned. And Muhammad Ali is just doing this. He's just taking it. Listen. And every round for five rounds. And this is what happened. According to George Foreman, this is what happened according to George Foreman. He said, I thought he was going to be just another knockout victim for me. But he wasn't. He said, I thought he was going to be another knocked out victim. He said, until the seventh round. He said, I hit him in the jaw so hard, I thought I was going to kill him. And he said, within a few minutes... He said he just kind of bounced off them ropes. He does this and bounce off the ropes. He said and he grabbed me and he said these words in my ear, in George Foreman's ear. In the seventh round, he said, is that all you got, George? <laughs> he said, is that all you got, George? And he said, I can't explain it. These are George Foreman's words. He said, I can't explain it. He said, I realize... This ain't what I thought it was. <laughs> he said, I realized this ain't what I thought it was. He said, in that moment, he said, something just left me. He said, and I realized I'm not dealing with some little weakling. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm not dealing with some little weakling. He might be stronger than what I thought. And when I think about the things that we've been through as a country with COVID, and then on top of all of that, when we started out, what was legitimate protest turned into rioting and looting and burning. And on top of that, all the things of people hating on each other and, and nobody likes each other. And then on top of all that, the things that are happening in our families, the things that the devil is trying to destroy you with. Come on, y'all. On top of all that, the trials, the struggles, the financial burdens. And at some point, you almost feel like saying, is that all you got, devil? Is that all you got? Come on. Is that all you got? Woo! Is that the best you can do? Huh? I'm going to show myself alive, devil. Come on, y'all. 
By the way, Muhammad Ali knocked George Foreman out in the eighth round, and I got a feeling our eighth round is coming, y'all. I got a feeling that our eighth round is coming. Muhammad Ali knocked him out in the eighth round, and I'm here to tell you that your eighth round is coming. You might be on them ropes. You might be rope-a-doping, but your eighth round is coming. Don't give up. Don't give up. Is that all you got, devil? Is that all you got? Woo! Is that all you got? Come on, I got a feeling we need to show ourselves alive this morning. Give him a round of applause. Come on. Can I tell you, some great things are coming for God's people. Give him a shout of praise and show yourself alive this morning. Come on, y'all. Yeah. Let hell know it can't win. Hell lost another one. Let hell know it can't win. Come on, y'all stand on your feet for me this morning. Woo. Stand your feet for me this morning and show yourself alive. Show yourself alive. The enemy has hit you and he has hit you and hit you. You've tossed and turned at night. You don't know what you're going to do. Is that all you got, Satan? Is that all you got, devil? Come on. We're more than overcomers. We're more than conquerors. Look at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 4. We are hard-pressed on every side. This was the last one I sent them. They didn't get up there again. Listen. We are hard-pressed on every side. you got to understand this. Listen to me. Yet not crushed. You hear that? Does that sound like us? Does that sound like us? You're hard-crushed on, hard, on every, but you're not crushed? Is that all you got, Satan? Come on, y'all. Don't that sound like us? We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Is that all you got, devil? The Lord wants me to tell you it's time. It's time for you this morning. It's time to get right with Jesus. It's time to show yourself alive. Amen? Amen. Time to show yourself alive.